0: Listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast we chat about books, the writing process and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host Danny V and today I'm super excited to welcome Karis McEwen. Karis has been a school librarian for over eight years and is currently the library manager across two high schools in Melbourne. Karis is also the president of the Children's Book Council of Australia, CBCA, Victorian branch and has been a judge for the CBCA Book of the Year Awards for the past two years. She regularly writes for books and publishing and has written for several library journals in Australia and the UK. Her debut middle grade novel is due to be published in 2022 by Text Publishing. Karis is passionate about the role libraries and literature play in the well-being of young people, as am I. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here. And how exciting you've got your debut book coming out next year. Can you tell me anything about that or is it sworn to secrecy? Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, So it's middle grade.
1: Um, It's called All the Little Tricky Things. um, And it's a story about a young girl who's in between primary school and high school. So she's kind of got big feelings about starting high school. Uh, So, yeah, I'm really thrilled that that's coming out next year.
0: Oh, fantastic. Congratulations. And that is a tricky space, I think, between being a kid and being a teenager and growing up. And I think it's going to be really interesting. Looking forward to that. Thank you. Now, we're here to talk about all the exciting things um, of CBCA Victoria Branch, what you guys are doing. Now, first of all, can you tell us about the Shadow Judging Program?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So probably, you know, the biggest thing that CBCA does is the CBCA Book of the Year Awards. They've been running since 1946, uh, a time where there weren't many Australian children's books, um, but it's all about promoting quality Australian literature for young people. Um, And I've been a judge for the past two years for the awards, which has been a really eye-opening experience and probably the best professional development I've ever done, having to read every single book published for a certain age group in Australia in a year um it makes you uh pick out a lot of the trends that um, you see in in YA publishing. Um, It made me better at my job because I was reading everything and able to um, spruik the books to the kids and really sell them uh, in my school libraries. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. But what we've realised is that these books are written for young people and yet judged by adults. So we decided that it was really important to get young voices heard in the process. Uh, So the CBCA Victorian branch decided to get groups of young people to read the shortlisted books uh, in some different categories and determine the winner, Um, but not determine the winner as in their favourite book, but actually use the same criteria that the judges use to determine which is the winning book for that year. So that shared experience of all reading the same book for pleasure, but then actually doing some deeper critical thinking about what exactly makes a good book. The whole program is based on the Carnegie and Kate Grenaway Medal uh, Shadow Judging Program in the UK, so we got the idea from them. And as I said, we just wanted young people to be more
0: involved in the awards because obviously the books are written for them after all. I love that. I love that idea of being so insightful, thinking, you know, they're kids' books, but adults are judging them, and then solving that by bringing them in. Now, I need to know, what the, what's the criteria? Yeah, totally. So uh, the criteria is different for each category because
1: obviously we have older readers, which is books for teenagers, younger readers, uh, as well as picture books and nonfiction uh, and new illustrator and early childhood. So there's the six categories and the criteria is a little bit different, but it is basically about literary merit. So things like uh, characters, plot, setting, mood, um, whether it's appropriate for the target audience, uh, whether it's cohesive, whether it is, original uh, as well as design elements too so um, illustrations in a picture book or the production of a novel Um, so there's quite a few different elements to it and it can be really fun to unpack those things
0: with young people and see what they think uh, makes a good book yeah I love that and with those criteria, I didn't hear anything about sort of a second layer of meaning or not I don't want to say didactic but like a, a nice little lesson or a moral through the book is that an important criteria as well or is it really about you know reading for pleasure
1: I think, yeah, there is certainly part of the criteria is about um, what the reader takes away from the novel. Uh, so let me see. yes, yeah, so there's a section about ideas being worthwhile and skillfully crafted and uh, generated to explore themes or
0: develop a fresh perspective. So I think that kind of touches on yeah. what you're saying. I love that. I love ideas worth exploring or ideas worth taking away. That's, that's amazing because when you do love a book, Whatever the ideas are in there, you do take them with you and often you take them with you right through your life, you know, think especially childhood reading, you take those ideas with you through your journey to adulthood, I think.
1: That's right, and the books that those kids are reading now are the ones that are hopefully going to turn them into lifelong readers. So it is such an important time
0: for for reading good quality literature. Absolutely. Now, I'm interested in how these books get to you. How do they get to a long list or a short list? Do you find them? Do you track them down? Do publishers send them to you? Because you obviously can't read everything. So how, how do they get to the CBCA to be judged? So the publishers submit to the awards so they
1: can either submit everything that they've published that year or just pick out the ones that they feel are, are most relevant for the awards. Um, but, yeah, they decide, they send them to us and then we read. We read almost everything that is published in Australia for a certain age group. So it is there's a lot of reading involved. It's, it is a big-time commitment um, and we sort of get... Uh, different amounts of books at different times throughout the year because I'm sure as you know there are certain months where there are lots of books published and, and some where there's not many so uh, yeah it isn't, it isn't um, yeah super consistent but um, it was a lot of fun having to I mean a big thing of it uh, sorry a big part of it was being challenged to read books that I might not normally pick up myself uh, and sometimes you'd get a book and think uh, I don't know about that one. Um, I remember one of the books that was actually shortlisted last year uh, was one of the last books that I got. And I saw it was like, well, I don't know if, if I'm going to like that. And it ended up being shortlisted. So, yeah, I suppose you, you can't judge a book by its cover, as they say. But, um,
0: yeah, it's definitely been an interesting process. Mm, that's really special, though, because that happens to me. You know, a book lands in your mailbox and you think, oh, I wouldn't have picked that up at the, at the bookshop if I'd seen it, for whatever reason. And when you pick it up and you're surprised by its content or you learn something new where it becomes a new favorite book, that's such a special feeling, I think, because you think, oh, I wouldn't have found you otherwise. Exactly. (laughs) Now, I love the kids getting involved. um, But what makes a good book in your opinion? So this is really tricky because <laughs> no, I'm just no. talking about the awards and how
1: great <laughs> they are. Um, and obviously awards have a time and place. But, of course, a good book is subjective. I'm under no illusions up that, you know, that isn't the case. Not every book is for every reader and it's a very personal thing um that's why I love actually my two schools we've been focusing a lot more on independent tech studies recently so rather than signing a particular book that a whole year level studies the kids all have to find a book that has the theme love or has the theme coming of age and they all get to study their own book and I think that's really exciting mm. and that we're moving towards that um, but if we're going to talk about what defines quality literature um Um, I think originality is a really big thing for me. Um, Certainly, as I said, the design and production play a role and it has to be high quality, whether it's the illustrations or, you know, just the way the book is put together. Um, The the book has to appeal to a readership, I think. And teenagers can smell a book a mile away when it, when it's talking down to them or if it's an issues book and it's just, as you say, too didactic. I think that is a really big thing. Um, and then literary merit in terms of um, the quality of language, the book standing the test of time, I think is really important, uh, being immersive and having relatable characters. I mean, even if you're reading a sci-fi or a fan. Fantasy book. I think young people
0: need to to be able
1: to relate to the characters that they're reading
0: in some way. Mm, I love that. That's a great answer. And you've got so many good reasons of what makes a good book, and I agree with them all. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> now it's it's interesting that you say originality because you read so much. I'm not sure how many books you read. If you know, tell me. But I read around about sort of eighty books. I haven't really cracked a hundred a year, but around eighty a year. I think you might read more. Um, and because you read so much, you still enjoy the books you read, but you find it very difficult, well, I do, to come across an original idea because you read so much. Has that been a challenge for you?
1: Definitely. I think, uh, yeah, I read around about 150 books a year. Obviously a lot of them are books for children, so maybe a little shorter. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, originality is a really big thing, I think, because I read a lot and I the kids that I work with that are really voracious readers they just want something unique they want something that is going to challenge them a little bit um, push them out of their comfort zone um, so yeah I think that that's something that the students I work with look for and I definitely
0: look for as well it's mm, really interesting because I, I love obviously reading a lot of books and 150 books that's very impressive but it does um it does change the way you read I think and enjoy books has it changed that for you? I think it has
1: definitely made me, this is quite bad actually, I probably shouldn't admit this as a librarian, but it it makes me abandon books quite quickly. So if I'm reading something and I just feel Like I've read it before, um, I'm more likely to give up on it. And actually, my students push me not to do that. They're quite (laughs) they're they're more likely to stick with a book no matter what they think of it. So, yeah, maybe they're making me a better reader.
0: That's interesting, though, isn't it? See, I'm the same if I'm not feeling a book and it's not for any reason. It's just because it and I haven't connected. It's nothing personal. You know, it will probably connect with someone else. But I feel like if you haven't connected with it in for me around about three to five chapters, I move on to the next
1: one. Yeah, I think it's definitely
0: made me a fuss, more fussy reader. What? More <laughs> discerning, perhaps. Okay, we'll go with that. That sounds way better. <laughs> yeah, but I was wondering that too because I read this article about how reading changes your brain and changes who you are. And so it really fascinates me for someone who reads so many books, like you 150, I can't crack a 100, so I'm about at, at about 80. Um, but what that must be doing to our brain like i wish i'd done some sort of a study before i started the podcast and see how that's actually changed you as a person it's fascinating don't you think
1: yeah completely a friend said to me the other day um she said you know you read quite a lot and you read quite fast she's like when you read do you read everything out loud in your head or do you just visualize the characters or ha- like how do you read and I really had a bit of an existential crisis because like I didn't know how I read it's just you know it just happens <laughs> I can't explain it um, so I've been thinking about that a lot more it's
0: been slowing me down which is probably wow. a good thing I, as you were saying that, I was actually getting really worried because I'm like, I don't know how I read. She like, <laughs> <God, it> really <laughs> freaks me out. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It just, yeah, like I said, it just happens. I think, I think I do visualise though, and once I visualise a book that I love, because I think that's the kind of books that really stick with you, it always stays with you in your mind. I think the the visual elements of it, and sometimes I'll read a book. And I'll think, oh, what was that movie I watched the other day? And I'll figure out that it was a book I read. So that's how visual it has become in my head for me. Does that happen to you as well?
1: Yeah, there you go. I think so. I mean, I had this discussion with my student book club and they had a lot of thoughts about it. The discussion went for ages, which was really this. nice. Yeah. And I think, you know, doing this thing, and I think having those discussions with young people, especially when it comes to this shadow judging stuff, it's really interesting to get them to sort of confront the reading process and confront the writing process as well and just think a little bit more about what they're reading and how they're reading. Uh, It's it's a really nice discussion to have with with young people, I think.
0: Absolutely. And being a librarian is such an important role because you could be the person that is putting that first book into that kid's hand that will make them love reading. So how do you, if if you've got a kid that, you know, may not be a variety reader or can't really find their vibe in the books what do you do as a librarian how do you get that book in that kid's hands that's going to change their life
1: Yeah, it's a big responsibility and one that I don't take lightly and I spend a lot of time working on and and perfecting. Um, And there are lots of different techniques. I mean, the the standard one is if a kid says they hate reading, you sort of don't make them feel bad about that, but have a discussion with them about maybe what they're watching on TV or what video games they like or what other interests they have and try and find a book that might suit them uh, based on that. Uh, So that, yeah, that's one way. I think it's really important to take the pressure off, not force any uh, kid to read anything in particular. I like to give uh, them a lot of options. So if they're looking for a book, I give them, you know, three or four books to look at. And I always say, I won't be offended if you hate them all. We'll just find something else. Like we'll keep trying. Um, And as I said before, not every book is fair reader but I truly believe that in my library there's something for everyone it just sometimes takes a little bit of time to get there and that one-on-one reader's advisory is so important uh, in schools
0: Mm, no I agree but once you do find that book it's over. you're a reader forever, I think. You just need that one book to go, ah, this is what it's all about. <laughs> that <light> bulb moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like to think so.
0: <laughs> now, you're a judge for the CBCA Awards. Can you talk to us about the Older Readers shortlist for 2021?
1: Yeah, totally. So I've got the books here, actually. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's six fantastic books uh, shortlisted this year. Um, it definitely errs on the side of older readers, which... Isn't a conscious decision, it, it just happened this year. So there's Peter Lyers Rating Normal by Anna Whatley, um, which is a beautiful own voices story. Um, I know you're a fan of that one as well. Um, Where We Begin by Christy Neiman. Again, this has definitely got quite a few mature themes in it, but that's actually a great book for reluctant readers, I think, because it hooks you straight away. It's um, kind of a bit of a a psychological thriller in some ways. So I've had some success with that for reluctant uh, older teenagers. Uh, Metal Fish Falling Snow by Kath Moore is a beautiful Own Voices debut. There are three debuts on the shortlist this year, which is very impressive. And all of them are so creative and confident. They kind of blew us away. Um, But, yeah. Metal fish falling snow is incredible. Cathmore actually came to talk to my students recently and she was such an engaging speaker. My year 10s, they're quite a difficult group um, and you could just hear it, you know, you, you wouldn't be able to hear it drop in the room. They were all so enthralled by her. So that was lovely. Um, when Rain Turns to Snow by Jane Godwin is uh, for younger teenagers and explores. Um, A lot of that angst that goes with um, becoming a teenager and, I suppose, realising that your parents are human beings um, and sort of wanting to be a bit more independent from them, uh, really lovely. The Lost Soul Atlas uh, by Zana Fraylin is a gorgeous fantasy novel and I don't think there's any reason why genre fiction shouldn't be included in awards. I think that has maybe been uh, a school of thought for a while. That you know, awards books have to be serious, and they have to, um, you know, there can't be any humour, they can't be any genre fiction. But absolutely not the case. Um, I'm so glad alive. to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the end of the world is bigger than love by Davina Bell, another debut novel, just one of the strangest, most compelling books I have ever read. Um, so, and I actually been giving that one to a lot of the adults in my life as well. It's a it's a really nice one for for teens and adults. So yeah, Shortlist is is very diverse. Uh, the winner's gonna be announced in a couple of weeks time, no, next week actually on the 20th of August. Wow. Um, So the winner is going to be announced on the 20th of August next Friday uh, at noon. So that's really exciting. I've been holding the secret
0: since February of who won. Uh, It's a long time. (laughs) (laughs) It is a long time. And I really look forward to hearing about the winner of the shortlist. So how can we, what's the best way to uh, tune in or listen or find out about the winner on the 20th?
1: Yeah, so the win will be announced on the CBCA YouTube channel uh, at noon on Friday.
0: Mm, Exciting. Well, I'll definitely be tuning in. And yeah, the book by Davina Bell just sounds so compelling. I think you've sold me on it already. I think I'm going to have to add that to my list. And if you were saying it's one of the most original compelling books after you read so much, I think that's definitely worth checking out.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because it's been like quite divisive among my students. And I think the reason for that is is it, it is quite challenging. Um, there are two narrators and they're both unreliable narrators. Uh, so you don't really know what's going on. You kind of have to go with the flow a little bit uh, and not have the answers straight away, which is sometimes a little bit hard, uh, especially for young people. But I keep saying to them, like, Keep persevering, it'll pay off.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's really exciting. I'm super excited for the 20th now. And I'm going to have to add more to my to-be-read list and I don't know how to do that. (laughs) It's already quite large. Obviously, avid reader, books, you know, you're immersed in books and, and reading and writing with books and publishing, with the CBCA, with your day job as a librarian. What was your journey of reading? Were you always a lover of reading from the very first minute you could hold a book? What was your journey? Yes, I was a bookworm from
1: a very young age, but I grew up in a family where I was the only bookworm. So my parents <sighs> weren't big readers. My sister wasn't a big reader. So, you um, yeah I was the only reader in the family but in saying that my parents always really supported my book addiction you know they used to drive me to the library the public library um, and, and buy me books I was really fortunate but luckily my public librarian in a small town where I grew up Um, who still works in that same library today and I'm still in touch with. She's my librarian um, mentor and role model. Uh, She's the one that really encouraged me to be a reader and and put incredible books in my hands, you know, write books in my hands. Um, So that's, yeah, a really special memory that I have. And, And, yeah, she turned me into the librarian that I am today
0: wow that is so special it's so special that she's still your librarian i love that so much <laughs> <laughs> that's so fantastic i love that and it is it's those important people in your lives whether it's your parents or a librarian or a teacher or whoever that really help instill that love of reading you know i have a similar story my mom always buy me golden books on wet grocery shopping great great memories of, of books
1: yeah, well, that's so nice. You definitely need those people in your life. And I think that's what I aim to do in my school library today is, you know, I think people call school librarians and others gatekeepers, but I sort of try to be the good kind of gatekeeper <laughs> that is, is you know, putting putting the right books in the hands of kids rather than restricting it in any way.
0: Well, I've never seen librarians as gatekeepers. I've always seen them as people really wanting to get books into, the right books into the kids' hands. So I think you do such an important job. Well, thank you so much, Karis. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you about all things books, about the CBCA Awards coming up, the Shadow Judging Program, which is just so amazing. It's been so lovely to speak to you about all these things and the wonderful, you know, way of getting into books and getting the right book into kids' hands. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so
1: much and and thank you for everything that you do for readers and writers. We're really lucky to have you, Danny. Oh,
0: that's very nice. Thank
1: you. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. So if anyone wants to check out what the Shadow Judges have been up to this year, you can go to cbcashadowjudging.com to see the creative responses that they've made to some of the books and to find out which book the young people have decided is the winner this year.
0: I love that so much. I'm going to head there right now and check it out. Thank you so much, Karis. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. We'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Danny V Books, Words and Nerds podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe and read more books.